This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Candy, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Mm-hmm. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. <laughs> With an old maid daughter that make the best moonshine in the coast. <laughs> and if it would hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. It, it, it... I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Welcome to the Now Hear This Can Be podcast. I'm Tyler Frankie, and this is what's happening this week in our community. A man was sentenced to prison on multiple felony charges after shooting at Malala police and injuring a bystander last October, the Clackamas County District Attorney's Office announced Thursday. Officials say Brian Scott Mills, 49, was sentenced to 88 months in prison with three years of post-prison supervision and no contact with the victims in the case. Mills was also ordered to pay restitution for damage to a police cruiser, construction vehicle, a neighboring house across the street, and a nearby storage company building, the DEA's office said. The sentencing comes after Mills pleaded guilty last month to second-degree assault, three counts of unlawful use of a weapon, and two counts of first-degree criminal mischief. Mills pleaded no contest to first-degree attempted assault. During the incident, officials said Malala officers responded to Mills' home on West Main Street to help the fire department with a reported medical call. When police arrived, authorities said Mills put on body armor and began shooting a 50 caliber rifle out of his window, a military-grade weapon preferred by snipers and known for its ability to penetrate heavily armed targets even at long range. These are the same caliber that the military uses to pierce armored body vehicles during war. Clackamas County Senior Deputy District Attorney Scott Healy said during Mills' first appearance in Clackamas County Court. Mills fired that weapon at the vehicle of a construction worker that the family had allowed to park in their driveway, resulting in shrapnel hitting the driver's back and neck. The driver, who was the only injury reported in the shooting, was treated and released later that day. Mills also fired rounds toward the crowded parking lot of the grocery outlet in Dollar Tree and at a nearby house, where a bullet penetrated the bedroom of a 15-year-old girl while she was still inside. Fortunately, she was unharmed. Another bullet reportedly went through the window of a Malala patrol car that was unoccupied at the time. No officers were injured in the shooting. There were about 50 people in the area when Mills opened fire, according to police. Two family members, including a child, were reportedly at home at the time. 
Police spent about 40 minutes convincing Mills to surrender, ultimately arresting him without further incident. Mills was the registered owner of two businesses listed at his home, a security services firm and a firearm and ammunition retail company. Officers reportedly uncovered, quote, a massive amount of guns and weapons at Mills' residence following his arrest. Earlier that year, the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office had revoked Mills' concealed carry permit, citing a prior incident with Malala Police. A lo lost local mushroom hunter is safe after being found by the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office with assistance from rescue volunteers in stormy cold conditions last week, according to officials. A family member contacted the Sheriff's Office on Tuesday and reported that a 36-year-old Aurora resident, Tev Trevor Schultz, had gone on a mushroom picking outing but had not returned. He had last been seen around 5.30 p.m. Monday, October 31, near the east end of Wildcat Mountain Road in the Mount Hood National Forest. The family member reported Schultz was not properly equipped for an overnight camp in the wilderness, deputies said. A CCSO deputy responded and found Schultz's car at approximately 3,200 feet elevation, and a search and rescue mission was initiated with 28 volunteers responding. Despite heavy rain and hail, dense terrain, and near freezing temperatures, Schultz was located by rescuers at about 4.30 p.m. after making faint voice contact with one of the teams. He was hypothermic and became unresponsive shortly after being discovered. Rescuers provided first aid and warm Schultz, providing him with dry clothes and warm liquids before transferring to a fiberglass shed and preparing to evacuate. Night fell as rescuers continued to work and a severe thunderstorm passed over the area, showering the team with hail and snow and dropping temperatures to 33 degrees. The team cut a trail through the dense undergrowth to transport Schultz to the nearest road where an ambulance from American Medical Response was waiting to take him to a local hospital for treatment. Canby Music has built its reputation in its more than a decade in town on quality service, selling, renting, and repairing instruments, as well as providing supplies and accessories. But when Brian Haynes started the store 14 years ago, its business model was a little more streamlined, focusing primarily on lessons for musicians at various skill levels. Lessons are the backbone of the store, Haynes says today. It's what the whole store was built on back in the day. I didn't know anything about retail and I wasn't doing rentals yet. I was a musician and that's what really carried the store through those first few years. The store offers lessons and an astonishing variety of instruments including vocal and caters to various skill levels from students and those just starting out to experienced musicians looking to hone their craft. Canby Music's second longest tenured employee, Christian Angerman, who joined the staff in May of 2021, was recently appointed the store's lesson studio manager. In addition to continuing to teach violin, viola, cello, guitar, bass, piano, drums, and ukulele, Angerman will now manage scheduling for the lesson rooms, billing, and otherwise ensure that the most important aspect of the store's business runs smoothly. 
It's nice to have more res responsibility and a different kind of responsibility, Ingerman said, adding that the lessons have always been his favorite part of the job. It's fun to see the students have fun, and it's nice to watch them grow. I've had some students for over a year now, and I've been really impressed with what they've learned. He says he enjoys being able to take some of that experience he gained from his own childhood and channel it into ways to make lessons fun for students and learners at Canby Music Today. I took lessons as a kid, and I really hated it, Angerman admits. I think I kind of learned what not to do. So being able to be that person who makes it fun and enjoyable for kids is nice. Haynes said he quickly saw in Angerman that he was somebody who could handle the extra responsibility, putting him in charge of stocking and managing the sales floor before placing him in this new role. It's really nice that he's a very organized person, Haynes said. I completely trust him. Whatever the schedule says, I know that's what's going to happen. He's really made my life easier. For more information about lessons or other services offered by KMB Music, call 503-263-2263 or visit canbymusic.com. Cougar Country Hometown Sports Coverage is brought to you by Reif and Hunsaker PC. When you need an attorney, turn to the firm Canby has trusted for over 50 years. Call them today at 503-266-3456. For the latest sports news, follow us on Twitter at Cougar Country OR and Instagram at Cougar Country Pod. In an up-and-down season challenged by numerous injuries to key players, there was one constant for the Canby Cougar football team nearly every game, Parker Ackerman. The junior jack-of-all-trades started at three different positions on offense throughout the season for the Cougs, plugging in wherever he was needed due to injuries and missing only one game despite suffering two sprained ankles himself. Watching him compete, one would never guess that less than a year earlier, Parker had been lying in bed, recovering from serious surgery, unable to walk, and quietly wondering to his mother if he would have to lose one of his legs. It all started his freshman year when he began to notice a sharp pain in his left hip, which didn't appear to have any obvious cause. It was something he would learn to live with until the following year, during a particularly physical season finale against 5A powerhouse the Wilsonville Wildcats on October 29, 2021. In the fourth quarter, going in for a group tackle, Parker says, another guy came in and his helmet collided with my hip and I felt a big pop. It felt like something came out of place. The pain got progressively worse after that to the point where he was visibly limping or would have to pause to stretch his hamstring every 10 seconds during basketball practice. He also noticed a bump beginning to develop on his left thigh. In December, he went to Sports Medicine Oregon for x-rays. Specialists diagnosed Parker with a hematoma that was ultimately linked to a hairline fracture in his femur that he had sustained on the football field that October night. Specialists attempted to drain the hematoma, but when an ultrasound two weeks later showed that it had only grown larger, they advised Parker and his family that surgery would be the only permanent solution. They said the only way we can get this thing out and keep it from coming back is to take it out completely, he remembered. The surgery was scheduled for January 7, 2022, but the day before, the Ackerman family got more news in the form of a pre-op CT scan. Hiding underneath the hematoma was an unrelated tumor, which had been the source of Parker's hip pain during his freshman year. That whole year, I had a tumor in my hip that I didn't know about, he says, so it was kind of a blessing in disguise because if it hadn't been for the hematoma, I might still have that tumor now. Fortunately, the, su the surgery went well, but Parker still had a long road to full recovery. 
Complications from the surgery and healing process would necessitate the use of a pick line to inject antibiotics directly into his leg to fight a bone infection caused by the hematoma. He also had to use a wound vacuum for several weeks and go to Providence Newburgh Medical Center every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to have his leg cleaned. His third surgery on March 17th to close up the wound proved to be the final one. A couple weeks later, he was able to start lacrosse practice and was eventually cleared for full contact. Looking back, he feels the experience gave him strength, toughness, and patience and showed him what good family and friends he has in his life. One thing that I definitely benefited from through this whole process is what it's taught me about my relationship with God, he says. It just grew my trust in him that he can help me get through anything. With injuries I have now, it's like a sprained ankle is weak sauce compared to what I've been through. For Coach Joyce, he remembers a young man who came into his office to talk about the offensive playbook for this fall, long before he knew if he would even be cleared to play. When the injury and the procedure were first described to me, the last thing I was concerned with was football, he said, but it is what motivated him. One thing I know about Parker is he's always going to put in the work, and he put in the work. In a matter of a month, we went from concerns for him possibly losing a leg to talking route combos and preparing for spring ball. Parker's coach says he is a warrior and mature beyond his years. He has tremendous family support and belief, he says. He's a leader in every sense of the word. Such a special young man. Wow, Frankie, that sounds great. I didn't know that you could play the kalimba. Yeah, well, I've been practicing a lot. I'm really hoping to make it onto the 434th season of America's Got Talent. <laughs> well, uh, good luck with that, man. Yeah, hey, I was actually just about to check my email and see if they responded. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah? Oh. Wh- what? Well, they they hated it. No way. Yeah, they said it was really bad but like not in like a funny way so they're not interested dang what song did you end up playing the the same one i was playing earlier listen here's what i uploaded Uh, oh i mean i I kind of like it. It's like a dark remix meets Star Wars no, sort of sound. No, 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 no. That's not That's not what I recorded at all. How did this happen? Dude, it's like I always tell you. That choppiness you're hearing is because your internet provider speeds are on the slower side. <sighs> Everyone focuses on downloading, but upload speeds are just as critical for students, remote workers, would-be reality talent show stars, really anybody who uses the internet to share their passion with the world <sighs> is there like a show called America's got bad internet that I could audition for uh, maybe um, or you could just switch to direct link they've got the most reliable upload speeds to pass any audition test for uploads at the speed of learning visit www.directlink.coop internet or give them a call at 503-266-8 one one one. All right, on the Cami Conversation today, we're talking with Susan Buck. She is a drop-off team leader for Operation Christmas Child. Is that right, Susan? 
That is. Welcome. Um, can you tell us what that is? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm so excited to be here with you, Tyler. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share about something that I think is um, it's fun and it's meaningful and, uh, and lasts mm. than just at Christmas. And as an area, um, I am the drop-off team leader, which means at Canby Alliance Church in Canby, we are one site where people, either individuals or groups like churches, businesses, service organizations, we have school groups, uh, people who are the front lines putting together shoeboxes, they then bring them to our location. And so we gather them from around Canby and the greater Canby area. Um, mm -hmm. And once we have them, we put the shoe boxes into cartons, shipping containers, their shipping cartons, and then we we take them to Gresham, where they go to a uh, regional, you know, area drop off, and then from there they will go on semi trucks down for us either to California or Colorado, where mm -hmm. they go through a processing center and are then distributed throughout the world. Mm. Um, so for folks that have maybe never heard of Operation Christmas Child um, or this whole project, can you give us like a 30,000 foot view of what it's all about? Yeah, it's. Uh, I would be happy to. Um, starting back in 1993, uh, people mm -hmm. during the Bosnian conflict and there was war and displacement, um, some kind-hearted people thought, oh, there are a lot of kids who are caught up in this. and. Mm -hmm. Many of them were either uh, had never had gifts or were just displaced. And from mm -hmm. the initial calling, uh, they gathered about 11,000 boxes and sent them to children in the war-torn areas in Bosnia. Um, and ever since 93, it has just continued to grow. And what it was is it started with a local young man whose heart was to give gifts to kids. And so it was a means of reaching out, providing something uh, meaningful and fun and and to let them know they were not forgotten and they're cared about. And so the reason we jokingly call it shoeboxes, because that is exactly what it was. He just said, mm. hey, you've got empty shoeboxes around your house. And they, uh, uh, for years, it was just a, whatever shoebox you had available. And that's still the case, except any shoebox that you want to come up with. Um, and so into each shoebox, uh, they would put in gifts that would be helpful to kids and to um, help share the love of Jesus. So something delightful, like a wow toy, some kind of, you know, we use a lot of stuffed animals or Barbie doll kind of dolls or soccer ball, uh, football, something that is like when you open up that box as a kid, you go, oh, wow, I got this great toy. And yeah. in addition to that, maybe some other smaller toys kind of play with items. And then because it was going to kids initially who were in war-torn areas and now continues to go out to people um, around the globe who maybe have less resources, um, we always try to ask people to put in something that's like that address hygiene needs. So things like a cloth and a bar of soap and a toothbrush and also school supply needs. So things, pencils, paper, pens, crayons, uh, pencil sharpener, because if you get a pencil and you can't sharpen it, it's not much good. Um, yeah. And, you know, and uh, everything from small journals to ring binders to just even loose leaf notebook paper. And then as um, you can add things like uh, we've seen 
socks or gloves or shirts or hats or um, anything like that. So it kind of the, the wow toy, school supplies, hygiene supplies, uh, and, yeah. you know, additional clothes. So it's, and all of that fit into the size of a typical shoe box. Yeah, yeah. As the ministry grew, they came up with um, kind of standardized boxes, and you can get pre-printed boxes or plastic containers from Operation Christmas Child. Um, we have some available at our drop-off location available now, and yeah. uh, have them through the collection week. And so that call goes out. People put together shoe boxes. You can do one. You can do two. You can do a group gathering many. We have some businesses who sponsor them uh, and families and church groups and school mm -hmm. groups and service organizations. And then each box, um, the, the suggested donation then, in addition to the things you put into the box, um, it, we are asking usually it's about $10 to cover the shipping expenses. Yeah. And you yeah. can either put that in the box itself. You can go online at SamaritansPurse.org and, and uh, donate online to help cover that cost and uh -huh. it, they even have a, a way if you donate online you can even um follow the box so can, oh cool that if you make your donation at their website um samaritanspurse.org uh, then they and you go to the uh operation christmas child so occ and then mm -hmm. you, you do pick the follow your box that um, item when you're making your donation and it will they will then send you it pops up and you get a QR code and so you can print that label and put it on your box and then um, they just scan that label every step along the way my husband and I have volunteered down in the processing center in California and it's really fun oh, cool. because cool. see that you know that um, they're there and then as we've done it over the years we've gotten emails back when they actually are delivered to wherever they're going so you yeah you know, we've had some of ours go to Native Americans in the United States, some to the Philippines, mm. some to Mongolia, um, yeah. some in South America. I can't even remember all of them now, but it's it's it that part. It, it actually is really fun to kind of watch the watch the emails and watch the mm. the maps. So that's that's a fun way of doing it. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 awesome. I it, it kind of uh, chuckle with with. Um, you know, some of the things that they go into your typical box, because I mean, obviously, we think of like, our our Christmases, right over here in our country, where we just have uh, an embarrassment of riches, uh, you know, in comparison to unfortunately, the way um, most other folks live. Um, but, you know, you think like, oh, getting a bar of soap for Christmas, or right, right, or like a pencil, but um, I've seen the videos of folks of kids receiving these and that's, those are some of the things that they get the most excited about because they may have never had soap before. They may have yeah. never been able to brush their teeth before and it can make such a difference, um, to just your mood or your, your life, right. To be able to, uh, feel clean on your body, uh, maybe for the first time or be able to clean your teeth, um, is, uh, something that really does, I think, show love and make an impact for these kids. Well, and, and you know, it's so interesting to me. I think about, we think um, in classical Christianity and you think of old time cathedrals and the incense that they would burn and, you know, how mm. the association of scent and smell with yeah. uh, rituals. And I, I'll never forget one young man whose story I heard, he was an, in an orphanage as a teenager, young teenage boy, 
And they had to share a single bar of soap between all of the kids in their area and in their group home. And he said when when they got their boxes and they opened mm-hmm. And, and around here, I know when we have handled a lot of boxes, sometimes people are like, oh, my gosh, the smell of Irish spring. It's just, <laughs> yes, you know, and so but what that young man said is when I opened that up, I, the first thing I could smell was this soap. And he goes, mm-hmm. pulled it out. And I looked at my friend and he had one in his box, too. And we were like, I have my own soap. Mm-hmm. And again, we take we, a lot of people, we take that kind of thing for granted. And so yeah. he. And now that he is older, he um, he has one of the the partnered with Samaritan's Person. He gives talks now in different places, sharing about what what an impact that shoebox had on him. And one of the things he says is, whenever I smell that smell of Irish spring, spring soap, I think of Jesus's love. And so I, I think of again, we you just never know the impact you're going to have, and to have yeah. a piece of soap that's just yours. Uh, you know, it, it changed him. I mean, he and it and it is a perpetual reminder to him mm. throughout his life that he just it brings back appreciation and joy and the thought yeah. of Jesus cared enough about him to send this, you know, box to him. So mm. that's so cool, um, Susan. You may have mentioned this, and I apologize, but um, uh, if you did, but. Um, one thing I didn't remember you talking about, obviously you, you don't know exactly who it's going to go or even where, you know, the boxes you're packing are going to go, but you do pick right boy or girl. And then there's like an age range that you pick and you kind of have in mind this year. Um, so that kind of dictates maybe not everything, but maybe what kind of toy you would put in or something. If it's like a three-year-old versus like a 12 year old. Yeah, that's a really good point. Thank you. And I didn't mention it. And, um, but what you're, you're absolutely right. That what the boxes are, um, there are six different categories that the program o- offers in three age groups for either boy or girl, and that um, you have a, choose boy or girl, and then two to five year old, uh, or excuse me, two to four year old, five to nine year old, or ten to fourteen. And so you, mm-hmm. you have little little small kids, and you take into consideration exactly what you said. What would be appropriate for a toddler, or you know, versus a teenager? And so you. Yeah have um, like I have sitting right here in front of me as I'm you know gathered things around me I have a a little tray with colored wood blocks that all fit into the little tray and it's got wheels on it so it's a little pole wagon that's mm-hmm. small enough to fit in a Nike shoebox maybe not a little shoebox but it'll go yeah but that you know for a two to four year old that's it's puzzles it's color you don't mm. Need any particular language, and so that might be what I would put in a two to to four year old box. And then I have um, a stuffed animal, a little small stuffed animal. Maybe that's a, a five to nine year old. And I have a soccer ball and a ball pump that I might put in in my ten to fourteen year olds box, so yeah. that you can kind of do that. And um, and then as far as the boys and girls, that's you know you choose what you want. I know for our family, we have over the years when um, we were raising our six children. That as our kids got older, uh, they would do a box, each one trying to pick one for somebody like themselves. So whatever age mm. were, that was what age they would they would put together. That's and sweet. Aged out of that, they've been uh, as older teenagers. We they helped with coming and volunteering and helping us sort and put boxes in cartons. And now as adults, they even have helped us uh, haul cartons, <laughs> load boxes. Yeah. 
big cartons onto trucks and send them on their way. So there's something yeah. for every age group, both to yeah. be cared for and to participate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Susan, you may not know the answer to this question, but you know the the first place that my mind went, and probably um, some of our listeners or many of our listeners as well, especially when you're talking about the history of the program and how it started out in uh, what was then war-torn Bosnia back in the early 90s is obviously Ukraine and what's going on there. Do you know if that's going to be a specific area of outreach this year, if there's even the ability to do that? I mean, obviously, um, uh, this is something that's kind of grown over the years, and I'm sure they kind of established certain ways of doing things that maybe can't just, you know, shift uh, uh, that quickly. I don't know, but yeah, well, that's a really, that's an excellent question because Samaritan's Purse is the large umbrella organization started by uh, Franklin Graham. So mm-hmm. Billy Graham's son is the one who is in charge of that. It's led by him. He's the president and CEO. And right now, Samaritan's Purse, the bigger organization, works in over 100 countries providing aids to victims of war and disease. And they actually have already deployed a hospital to Ukraine. Yes. current situation so i'm not sure if the boxes if shoe boxes will get there but they're the contacts are already there and they are already oh, cool there. and then as far as just over the history of it um they there have been over a hundred 198 million children have received boxes in 170 different countries and another kind of interesting thing i don't really can you say that again yeah 198 million children wow. have received boxes in over 170 countries. Wow. So we'll probably go over 200 million this year, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's, they're really excited. They're expecting to get their 200th million box. Wow. Uh, and, and the thing that's fun about that too is it's not just Americans who gather. I mean, we collect mm-hmm. in the U.S., Canada, the United Kingdom, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Spain, Finland, Australia, I mean, New Zealand, South Korea. I mean, so the yeah themselves are not this is not just like just like our drop-off center isn't just our Cambi alliance church thing it's really a community-wide thing where we gather uh volunteers and collect boxes from the whole community and extended community the the, the participation really is worldwide and it's it's yeah. people reaching out um the other thing i didn't really mention too that i i really appreciate about this program is that every every group who gets boxes so any anytime there are boxes delivered to someplace there is someone a a personal representative from samaritan's purse so a direct volunteer with samaritan's purse partners and is there when they hand the boxes out and they but they always partner with a local either school or church or some kind of ministry or group orphanage a lot of ours have gone to orphanages um homeless outreach i remember one year uh, friends of ours who went along as part of this program were in Mongolia, um, did, helping distribute boxes to Mongolian kids who lived in the soup because in the winter when it got cold, that was the, where it was warm because the waste products coming from the industrial area warmed. Oh, the- my goodness. Yeah. yeah. That was when I first started using plastic boxes because I liked sending kind of the plastic ones because those kids, then they had something to keep it in. But there's always somebody from Samaritan's Purse directly involved in handing them out, but they go through a local organization. So it's not about swanning in and we're going to save you. This is, right. we're here to help you help your own people. And the, yeah. what's been great with that is they've, over the years, have developed a thing called uh, The Greatest Journey, 
which mm-hmm. helped share the love of Jesus and just the story of the gospel and telling people about uh, telling kids especially and it's like a, a series of lessons that they're invited not required to but they're invited to come to and any kids who finish that um, are then uh, given a Bible in their own language and I believe I want to say we have 80 or 90 different 94 different I don't, I'm not finding it here but there are multiple languages so this these things wow. are given to students in their own language and then, um, and very often the stories that they get back is you give a box to one child and the shoe box comes, but then it touches a whole family. And there yeah. are stories of whole families who have come to know who Jesus is because their child received this box and these parents are, you know, grateful and the siblings get to play with the soccer ball, just like the kid who got the ball. <laughs> and, you know, so yeah. it touches, every box touches more than even one just one child it can touch a whole family and a whole community wow wow that's really cool i'm Roz mason running to be your next district 26 senator i work for a living too like you i've seen prices rise steeply in local stores it started with covid when we could understand supply chain backups that's still 30% of inflation. But can you guess the biggest reason prices are climbing? 55 to 60% of inflation is corporate price gouging. Wall Street companies are making record profits. Take gas. One of the big oil companies made $13.2 billion more this year than last. Want the facts and figures? Check out masonfororegon.com forward slash inflation. This is not fair. In Salem, I will fight for policies that help working people and our rural communities to prosper. Paid for by Mason for Oregon, 21968. Susan, do you have the numbers for how many boxes... uh or even ballpark, but how many come out of the Canby area each year? Um, yeah, I can. I looking at we started um, at Canby Alliance Church. We had been giving uh, boxes ourselves as small project and taking them up. I've been taking them up to Portland for years. Starting in 2014, we actually at Canby started collecting them there, and um, we have gathered. We started the first year. We had a grand total of 2,000 boxes in 2014 that came into Canby. Um, last year we had 3,928 that came in. So wow. we doubled our, we, we went over 20,000 boxes coming into the Canby Alliance church uh, drop-off location last year. So we were pretty wow. thrilled with that. So yeah. Wow. And That's awesome. Yeah. It's been, it's and again, it's been not just one church uh, and it's not just yeah. churches, you know, we have, local businesses, restaurants, insurance agents, um, teachers who are advisors to school clubs, um, community service groups, you know, like uh, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, um, yeah, Rotary. We've had all kinds of different groups. So, and, yeah. and just individual families. So whether yeah. one box or uh, many, we are grateful for every single one because every single box is a child who gets to hear that they are loved and thought of and um, and we get to share the love of Jesus with them. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. I know my my family um, and my and personally, um, I have been involved in this outreach for a number of years. Originally through my wife's grandmother, Ruth Fultz, who was really involved with the program for, uh, I think, uh, as long as it's existed, um, mm-hmm. primarily through Bethany Church. Uh-huh. Uh, she unfortunately passed away in 2014, but what led that effort at that church and would just, you know, set the goal, I think like 500 boxes and then 600, but just, you know, really challenge the congregation each year. And I know Bethany church is still um, a really big driver of our local uh, part of this program. Um, her, one of her granddaughters, Kara Kanegi leads, heads it up now and is doing a really great job with that. I believe our drop location at CAC is named after someone who, um, was really involved in the program for a long time. Can you tell us about her? Yeah, Hazel Knopp. Um, the Knopp family actually goes clear back to the founding of Camby Alliance Church, and their family was one of the founding families. And Hazel um, was involved in youth children's ministries in our church and with a particular heart for missions. And Christian and Missionary Alliance, our churches just as a denomination has always had missionary and outreach as a huge focus. And so Hazel's heart was to share missionary opportunities with kids and how do you get kids involved um, in, in that. And so when she, she had been doing Operation Christmas Child before I even started coming to this church, and I had been doing it with um, my husband and I were youth leaders at another church in Woodburn. And we had used our, our youth group had gone up to Portland back the very first years of it. They just parked the empty semi-container you know, at the truck at the parking lot at the old Kmart, which I think now is like a a car smart, I don't know, some online car sales place up in, <laughs> in off of 82nd in Portland. Uh-huh. And we would just go up there and people would drive by. I mean, there were no drop-off centers. There weren't really groups. It was just like, hey, we're yeah. in this parking lot and people would show up. And um, and so when I got to Canby Alliance, quite a few years ago, 26 or seven years ago. Anyway, Hazel had been doing it there. So I um, was delighted. I was familiar with it. And then we, by then, we were having our own kids. And and so we were doing it. And so I volunteered to help her. And so our church has, like, since 2014, been a drop-off site. But we have been involved in the ministry since a very long time. And Hazel, not to her credit, when they asked us if we would do this, I said, if we could we please name our drop-off location the Hazel Knott Memorial Drop-Off Center because of Hazel's commitment and just how that has been a continuous thing in our church. Mm, that's yeah, awesome. And, and, and it, what's great, too, like you mentioned Kara Kanegi with Bethany mm-hmm. and Yvonne Boring, who is with uh, Canby Christian. Mm-hmm. That we, we kind of, Kara's not just the person point person at Bethany Church, but she is actually our church relations uh volunteer in charge of church relations in all of the churches in our area that fill in that you know kind of come to us so she's in in touch not just with the bethany folks but with people all over our area um coordinating things and making sure they have resources and things that they need and yvonne boring um is at canby christian and she is also she's my co-leader here with with the thing and after the second the first year that we started doing it she came and volunteered and so she's just been a you know, she's ended up helping. She's really great at our, I would say she's our logistics person. She keeps, we have great records and we usually have really 
excellent paperwork thanks to her diligence and mm. her, on top of contacting people throughout the year and coordinating making sure that you know we have people to volunteer and the schedule ready to go and so it's mm -hmm. really a teamwork kind of thing so when i say i'm a team leader it really is a team and it's a team of people from across the community and i, I which i love i think that's really fantastic um, as a Christian community to work together. So that's, that's really fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one of the last things I wanted to ask you, Susan, was, um, and I, I guess you've kind of talked around it quite a bit uh, as we've been chatting, but um, you've been doing this for a long time. I know it's uh, every, uh, you know, holiday season, it's not the um, easiest list, especially as it continues to grow each year, but what keeps you um, doing this important work in our community? Um. Thank you for asking that. You know, it's, there are so many things and I have, uh, like I said, I started doing this before we even, I even had children. So our kids were little and we started helping, uh, you know, we started helping with um, doing it when we were youth leaders. And then we started, you know, we had our own kids doing boxes when they were little and then. Yeah. And it really is for, for me, it is a means of always putting giving and sharing Jesus ahead of the holiday rush. Mm. Think about, you know, when you talk about what we tend to have in our home, we are very blessed. We've had material resources um, available to us that not necessarily everybody does. And so for my, my own personal commitment, I love that when I was a young mom and had little kids and I couldn't go, you know, when you think of go be a missionary, this mm. is being a missionary to the whole world, to other little kids, even though I never really have to leave home. And um, for my own kids, it was a reminder of there are other people and it, that other centeredness instead of self-centeredness and that the reality of sharing the message of Jesus is really what Christmas and holidays are about. And so it was always, this still is a way for me at the beginning before the big rush of holiday, because it always happens, and this is good, yeah. always happens the third week in November. So it's the week right before Thanksgiving. So whatever yeah. Thanksgiving is, it's going to end the Monday before Thanksgiving. The National mm -hmm. Week is the same all over the world, and it's always that th third week. And it starts on Monday, ends on Monday, the Monday right before Thanksgiving. And so that that always sets for me a right tone and it brings me back to being grounded that it really is about Jesus and about the love of God and um, extending that to not just my local little community, but working with my local little community to send that love really all over the world. And I, I just love kids and I love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Them together. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Susan, it has been so great talking to you. Thank you for taking so much time out to tell us about this awesome project. The last thing that I do want to ask you is how can folks be involved if they um, haven't in the past and are hearing this and like uh, want, want to dive in and pack a shoebox or send a donation? Um, what are the dates this year and how can folks learn more if they do um, want to plug in? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I, I'm happy to say that here locally, um, if you would like to be involved in packing a shoebox, you can pack a shoebox anywhere. Uh, you can use the 
pre-printed ones or you can just find a shoebox that you have available and put it together and bring it to Canby Alliance Church, which is at 900 North Juniper in Canby, either uh, any day from the 14th to the 21st and Monday through Friday the 14th to whatever the Friday is, what is that? Uh, um, it, we are open from four to seven at the church to receive boxes on the Saturday and Sunday, the um, 19th and 20th, I believe. Uh, we are open from noon to four. And then last Monday, we are open from 10 in the morning until 1 p.m. And that's the day we wrap them all up and send them up to Gresham. So uh, you can bring them there. Um, there's looking for volunteers. If you, if it's something you want to maybe even come and help any of those time frames, we have some time available. So you can contact me at, um, I, do you want me to give my phone number? It's 503-931-2000. Mm-hmm. And I can mm-hmm. accept a text or a phone call. And, or you can um, swing by next Sunday <laughs> during at, at noonish at Cambi Alliance and sign up for a time to help. You can go online, um, and the, like I said, you can go to Operation Christmas Child. So you can, if you just want general information, OCC info or mm-hmm. the Purse.org. and that's where you can uh, you can. Donate money. You can get the you can get labels, print labels there. The list of suggestions of how to sh- pack a shoebox. Um, and if you want to come by Canby Alliance Church when we're open, there's boxes are available there already too. If you're looking for that, and you know flyers about how to do that. And then um, the other thing, I did one last thing. If you're not sure, you don't want to, you know, I don't know. Some people don't have don't feel comfortable going out. Weather's getting crummy. There is a really great too. Operation Christmas Child, you go online to the operation or to SamaritansPurse.org and there you can build a shoebox online. So you can actually do oh, cool. and, and build a shoebox online so you can do a regular one. And they actually have some that are special ones that are actually the boxes are entirely white and they are um, they actually have a way of sending them to sensitive areas where there might be religious or legal restrictions on sharing. Yeah. And you can build boxes that go to those sensitive areas. And um, and that's kind of a fun thing, too. And that's at SamaritanPurse.org slash build online. They suggest $25 each for those boxes because you're putting things in and whatever. And those go to places that have little or no access to the gospel. And so that's, that's kind of a really fun way, too. And you can actually upload a photo and write a letter. And one of the things that many kids uh, doing the boxes enjoy doing is writing a letter. You know, our granddaughters now are helping me pack boxes, and we have a picture step by step of how to inflate the soccer ball that's in the box. And so, yeah. a picture and a note for them, or just a card or a picture of your family. It, it it is really meaningful to kids to get, you know, that personal letter. You don't have to, but it's that's kind of a fun thing to add to. Awesome. Um, Well, that all sounds really great, Susan. Again, thank you so much for uh, taking time out and thank you for all that you do. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you again for having me. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears? 
even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim? So their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle. Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't like animal related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? and they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm te I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. Now Hear This Canby is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Canby by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe, and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. Um, I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though. <laughs>